Amen. We thank God tonight. Amen. For another opportunity to come together. Amen. To learn of his word tonight. Uh, to come in agreement with great things that we know and believe is true. That God is doing mighty, mighty, mighty great things. And so that's what faith is. Even though we can't see it, we can't touch it. It's not tangible. But we know that God is able and God is is moving on our behalf. And so, again, we thank God for you tuning in to our Bible study tonight. I uh, just want to uh, quickly tonight to, to thank all of the different um, partners that we're just uh, accumulating online through our virtual uh, means as it relates to our virtual congregation. We thank God for those that have come here every week from week to week. Amen. To be a part of what God is doing here Amen. By way of the BOL vision. Again, we thank God for you uh, being here. Amen. We thank God that, amen, that God has allowed us by faith to continue to, to minister this vision, minister, amen, throughout the pandemic. Amen. This ministry has been going strong only by, by faith and God's grace. And so we certainly thank God for that. We thank God that uh, the blood of Jesus still reigns. Still rules, still powerful tonight, still protects, and certainly continues to allow us to persevere in times that we're living in. And so, again, we thank God. We thank God that it seemed like things are breaking by way of the weather. Amen. Things are somewhat coming back into a certain type of place, but we just want to make sure that you always know that you're invited here to be aware. We're about, what, three weeks away from our Resurrection Sunday. I believe this needs to be a very, very important Resurrection Sunday. Amen. Jesus got up out of the grave with all power. Let us know that anything is possible. And so with that tonight, amen, we do want to invite you. I'm going to do this every week. We do want to invite you. Amen. We're doing social distancing, people getting, amen, vaccinated if that's what you do. And, and we're observing all the protocol with social, amen, uh, distancing and things of that nature. But we do want to invite y'all people to start coming back. And, and amen, we're, we're getting Amen. Stronger in number, and we thank God for those that are, amen, believe in the blood and continue to, amen, come back. And so, again, we thank God for you tonight. So, tonight we're coming before you with our Bible study, Wednesday night Bible study, and we've been talking about faith. Talking about faith because that's what, that's, that's what this is all about. Amen. We walk by faith, not by sight. One of the greatest things that I like about faith is uh, it, it's what faith produces in us. One of the things that faith produces. Faith produces a lot of different things. The Bible talks about it produces character and uh, produces patience and all of those kind of great things. But one of the greatest things that I love about faith, it, it produces hope. Without hope, where will we be? And so the main thing, especially when we're going through the things that we're going through in the earth realm, especially in the season that we're in, Amen. And don't care how dark it gets. Our hope gives us light. Our hope gives us expectation of a greater thing tomorrow. And so that's what this is all about. It gives us hope. Paul says this. He says that if we are without hope, we are, we are miserable like the world. But we are not miserable like the world. As a church, we're excited. Amen. Because of the hope that we have in God. And that hope, can, again, can only come by faith tonight. And so, again, tonight, we thank you for watching us tonight. Amen. I'm not going to teach that. Uh, amen. It's in my spirit. I really need to. Amen. I love that, that topic of hope. That's where I'm going eventually. Uh, but I'm going to allow one of the ministers to come up tonight. Amen. To be able to teach this uh, discussion tonight. And, again, we thank you. I just wanted to segue him and, and come before you first and just salute you and to thank you for all that you've done, how you partnered with us through this entire pandemic. And uh, that you're still partnering with us today. And again, we thank God for you tonight. So again, tonight, I'm going to allow one of our ministers here, one of our great ministers at this, uh, in this vision, uh, Minister um, uh, Jeremy Clayton. He's going to come up at this particular time. And he's going to, uh, he's going to teach, teach. We are a Bible teaching church. We walk it line upon line, precept upon precept. We extract the truth of God's, amen, word and the nuggets that God wants to reveal to us. And so he's going to, amen, be, be tasked with that tonight, and we believe that he's going to do great. So, again, we thank you tonight. Amen, and be blessed. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise on this evening. 
Amen. It's a privilege and honor to be before you. Uh, I'd like to thank God for this opportunity to stand before you on this evening. Um, of course, as always, I have to thank Bishop and First Lady for this opportunity. I'd like to thank my wife and my family for serving alongside of me, and I'd like to continue to thank you all for continuing to show up in-house and online. And I want to encourage you all to go ahead and come on inside of the house. Amen. You know, I was thinking about this today. You know, a lot of times we don't uh, appreciate things until it's taken away from us. I think about China and other countries who wish they did have, you know, the ability to serve and to, to worship God freely the way we do, but they're not able to. So I just want to implore you and, and charge you to go ahead and come on into the household of faith. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how it will be if we ever get to that point, but now we have the opportunity to come in the household of faith and to worship God. So come on out and worship with us on Sundays and Wednesdays. Amen? Amen. All right, so we're going to continue on our faith walk on this evening. We're going to turn with me, if you will, to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. And you'll also need Romans chapter 5. One says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I'm going to stop right there, and I want to talk tonight very briefly from the subject of faith that leads to hope. Very simple, faith that leads to hope. Eternal Lord God, we just thank you, Lord. We praise you. We bless your name on tonight, Lord God. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord God. We thank you for faith that leads to hope, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that we are made righteous, Lord God. And we're in peace with you, Father God. So we have access to your grace, Lord God. So, Father God, through that, Lord God, we have hope, Lord God, on tonight. So we thank you, Father God. We just pray, Lord God, and invite you into this Bible study to have your way, Lord God. Let your will be done on tonight. And we just give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. So the word of God says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And the topic on the night says, faith that leads to hope. Now, hearing that topic, a lot of times, it'll go over your head. Because a lot of times, people don't know that faith and hope are actually tied together. They're actually connecting. They actually come from the same root system. Amen. Uh, you'll never find hope without faith. Anytime you hear somebody saying that they have hope and they don't have faith, they're telling you a story. It's impossible to have hope without faith. For example, if we take oxygen, we take H2O, we take that, those elements and break them down from the periodic table, you take that one hydrogen and two oxygen and we put them together, it makes water. So it is with Christians. When you take Christians and you take faith and put it together, it produces hope automatically. But when you're talking about faith, Faith is normally uh, built, the foundation of our faith, our personal faith, on things that are from the past. Uh, things that God has done, things that God has said. For example, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. We know Jesus died over 2,000 years ago, and he was raised from the dead. Uh, he sits on the right hand of the Father, and we sit on the right hand of the Father with him as he intercedes. Amen. But there was something that happened over 2,000 years ago, and, and yet and still, that's the premise of our Christianity. That's what we rest our salvation on, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But also, we know other things in the Bible that helps to build and to produce our faith that Jesus has done, the foundation of our faith. Like the signs, miracles, and wonders Jesus has done. Uh, we know he's done many things, like heal the sick. Amen. Amen. He raised Lazarus from the dead. Amen. He fed the 5,000, cast out demons, and done all these things. Amen. So all these things done along with hearing the word of God, because the Bible says faith come by hearing, helps to build the foundation of our faith. Amen. But also the things that we go through personally also helps to build our faith and build the foundation of our faith as well. For example, amen, somebody may have experienced COVID-19, for example. They may remember how it was going through COVID-19, the late night hours when they had shortness of breath or, or the headaches, the fevers they had. 
And all the things they went through, they remembered that. And it was something that they probably never experienced before. But yet and still, on today, they're here alive and well, and they know that God brought them through. Amen? Or yet, it may be somebody who, who was in a car crash or something, or, or almost was in a car crash, and you know that thing should have took you out. But you know God intervened some type of way to prevent that truck from hitting you, to prevent that car from hitting you. And, and yet and still, you're here today because God intervened. So your personal experiences that you've been through, along with studying this word, hearing the word of God, seeing the things that the different people in the Bible went through and how they showed faith, helps to build the foundation of our faith. Amen. And what should happen when that happens is, it should produce a faith that leads to hope. Amen. It should develop a faith where we're able to then quote Ty Tribbett, if God did it before, he'll do it again. Because we've been through some things, and based upon us seeing what we've been through and seeing God bring us through it, now we're at the point where it brings forth hope, where we say, hey, whatever we go through in the future, it don't matter. Because I've seen God bring me to, I've been in something before and God brought me out of it. So whatever it is that I go through in the future, it don't even matter because I know everything will be all right. Which henceforth goes to, to uh, Romans 8, 28. All things work together for the, for, the, for the good of the Lord to those who are called according to his purpose. Amen. So that's, that's faith on today. But when you speak to hope, amen, that has to do with dealing with the confidence of your future. That's the difference with faith and hope. Faith is, faith is, is speaking to things that has happened in the past. Now, I don't want you to think that faith is just something of the past because we go through those things and it helps us to live out faith in our today, walking out the signs, miracles, and wonders according to God's will on today. But hope has to do with our future, amen, the things that we're looking forward to. The things that we're expected to happen. Amen. For example, the vision that you make before New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. Amen. We put all these things in place. And we may have hope of closing on the house. We may have hope of, of, of being delivered from something. And we may have hope of, 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 of that our family or our kids, our grandkids will have a future on this earth the way everything is looking. That speaks to your future. Amen. But as we do a spiritual weather forecast of the world, we see there's a lack of hope. There's a bit lack of hope going on right now. And there's two reasons why there's always a lack of hope. The first reason for it being a lack of hope is because we've been putting our faith in the wrong things, which leads to a lack of hope. The second reason is because you see no future. So when you put your faith in things that has no substance, amen, and, and you think you got the right thing, because that's what's been going on. That's why there's no hope in the world. The issue is not there's not a lack of hope. The issue is we've been putting our faith in the wrong things that has no substance. And so what happens is God shakes things up. He's shaking up the earth to show you that the thing that you had your faith in really has no substance to it. And that thing falls through the ground, and guess what? When that thing falls through the ground, guess what? You don't have any more faith, which also leads to you not having any hope. So that's the issue. We don't have any hope because we have our faith in the wrong things. And whenever you do that, then guess what? You ain't going to see no future. There is no future for you. So guess what? That's why anxiety and all these things begin to happen. That's why hypertension and all these things begin to take place. I thought about this thing a lot on the day. The Lord revealed, yeah, salt and all this stuff have a lot to do with it. Working out has a lot to do with it. But our bodies are not made to go up and down like that. Well, one minute you're, you're good, the next minute you're depressed because you, you, things are falling through the ground. Whenever you're going up and down like that, you generate hypertension. You generate defects in your body. So that's what's been taking place, and it's very important that we put our faith in the right things because this is the hour where we're going to see people who have been putting their faith in the wrong things. These are the people going to be coming in the church because this is going to be the last option for them. They're going to come into the church and they're going to say, hey, you know what? I done tried everything. You know what? Ain't nothing been working. This is my final stop. And, and if this don't work, I don't even know why I need to live. I don't know why I need to live. So we're going to look at this in scripture on the day, amen? Verse 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. I'm going to stop right there. That word substance can be sub substituted for the answer. Now, faith is the answer of things hoped for, which means today that whatever it is you're hoping for, 
If you're hoping for that new job, if you're hoping for a greater relationship with Jesus Christ, if you're hoping for to be delivered from a substance or, or delivered from whatever it is, if you're hoping to close on that house, guess what? The fuel and the answer to that, that thing that you're hoping for is faith. That's why it's impossible to separate the two. You can't have hope without having faith. So my question to you all today, in-house and looking online, what have you been putting your faith in? Because that's the issue today. If we put our faith in the right things, guess what? We put our faith in Jesus Christ because that's who it needs to be in. He's the only one, and I'll make it personal tonight. He's the only one since I've tried him that has been consistent. The promise of God have never lied. They have manifested. And guess what? He never left me or forsaken me. When, when, when individuals turned their back, when individuals talked about me, done me wrong, when I've been through all those things, when people didn't want me to be where I am on today, and I still got a long way to go, but I thank God for where I am right now. Guess what? Jesus was the one who was always with me. And guess what? When I have somebody like that in my life, guess what? I can put my faith in that all day because I know I never run out of hope doing that. I know my hope will never be shaken if I can put my faith on something that has some substance to it. So that's why we have to regenerate. We have to redirect what we're putting our faith in. Amen. But then it says, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence is the faith. The things not seen is the things we hope for. So what it's saying is the faith is what fuels the things that is not seen. So y'all see how it's all tied together? You can't have hope without faith. If anybody tell you that, they're lying. Let me tell you something. What they, don't, what they don't have is hope to have wishing. You ever heard somebody ask for a wish sandwich? What they're telling you is, I wish I had a sandwich, but I know I ain't getting one. That's what society has swapped over to now. Right. We have converted and downgraded from a society of hope to a society of wishing, and they're two different things. Hope is, is built on substance of faith. Wishes is built on nothing. Those are just things that we want to happen, but in our heart, we know it's not going to happen. Amen. You ever heard somebody say, uh, I wish I can take this mask off? What they're saying, these are the sayings you're starting to hear now. Uh, because that, that's what we tell, oh, I, I want to take this mask off. It would be very nice, but I know it's not going to happen. And that's why we have to be careful what we give our kids, what we tell our kids. Because we'll have our kids um, with a birthday cake blowing out candles saying, did you make a wish? Now they ain't making no wish. We're keeping hope alive. Amen. Because, because what we're telling that kid and what we're, what we're giving them is that thing that you're, 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 you're wanting, it really ain't going to come to pass. But we need to tell them, hey, you need to believe by faith. We need to believe uh, 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 with hope. That whatever it is you blowing out and and, and wanting it with them candles, that is gonna come to come to pass, amen. So we have to. It's funny. You just have to. You have to watch what you say, amen. But that's what you see in society now. Everybody wishing for things. Nobody wants to have hope any longer because they've been putting their faith in the wrong things. So we have to redirect our faith. We have to put our faith in Jesus Christ because without that, we'll never have hope. Amen. So, whenever it comes to having a faith that leads to hope, there's always a process that God takes his people through. Let's look at Romans, 8, Romans 5. Amen. Romans 5, I love this particular scripture because it helps you to change the way you view things. Amen. This is Paul writing this scripture. Verse 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Verse 3, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The first thing we're going to have to do 
in order to have a faith that leads to hope, we're going to have to realign our hearts. We're going to have to realign our hearts. The word of God says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He says the only reason why we have peace with, with God is because we've been justified by faith. I said this earlier, and it's going to be the whole way through. The number one reason why there's a lack of hope in the world right now is because we've been putting our faith in the wrong things. The reason why we've been putting our faith in the wrong things is because we're still warm with God. This is the hour where we can't be warm with God. We got to make peace with God. We can't talk about having a faith that, that produces hope unless we get this right first. If you warm with God, guess what? Ain't no hope. And I know this particular scripture right here is talking about individuals who once was unsaved, but they were saved now. Through, that's why he said that we're made righteous or we're justified, and because of that we have peace with God, but also we have individuals who are saved who are still warm with God, who hadn't surrendered everything to God. So we want to talk about that on the night because this is the hour we want to make sure we make peace with God. We want to make sure we have our entire heart surrendered over to God. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all our heart. Lean not into our own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. That speaks to surrenderance. We got to surrender our entire heart to God. What is it that you have been kicking against the prick against? What is it you have been rebelling against? I'm going to tell you a couple signs that know if you're one with God. Number one, you're rebelling all the time. You're rebelling against everything. You know what the pastor has been saying. You know what the people on your job been telling you who's Christians. But yet and still, you want to rebel against it. Guess what? Then you won't always be right. You know what the Bible says. But guess what? You still got to find a way to make yourself right. You want to isogeet the scripture and turn it around to make it fit you because you always want to be right. Guess what? That's a war against the truth. Right. You'll never have hope that way. So it's important that we make peace with God. Because this is the hour where we want hope. We want to make sure we're realigned. We want to make sure we got everything together. Because if not, we'll never have hope. He says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith. He's saying we have access by faith because we have been made peace with God. He says, in which we stand and rejoice in hope and glory. We rejoice in hope and glory because we've been made peace with God. If you don't make peace with God, you're not going to have hope. Listen, it's a peace that, no, now, now it's a difference. It's a peace, it's the peace of God, and it's peace with God. There's a difference. You have a peace of God when you're saved, but you make peace with God when you get saved. There's a difference. We need to make peace with God. A lot of us don't have a peace of God because we're still warring. That speaks to people who's already saved. But a lot of us who's not saved need to make peace with God. We got the, we got the, it's just like the, I love this analogy with the, with, with, the, with the ox and the yoke. That's the whole purpose of that. We're the ox and Jesus is the yoke. He want to control us. He want, he want to move us to the left and the right. But a lot of us are like that stubborn bull mule. We want to go to the left when God telling us to go to the right. He's he, he trying to drive us down this way and we want to go this way. We got to surrender our way. We got to surrender it all unto him. That's the true definition of denying yourself picking up your cross, and following Jesus Christ. That's the true definition of it, is surrenderance. you got to surrender your heart in its entirety to God in order for you to make peace with God, for you to have hope. It's not going to happen outside of that. It's not going to happen outside. I know one guy uh, on my job I've been talking to. Been talking to him about the Lord. Um, got some things going on with his marriage in particular. And you know, you just listen to the story and what he tell me and without saying too much. And I tell him, I say, well, man, you know what? Normally, if you get yourself right, everything else will follow. It may take a little time, but 
don't worry about what your wife is doing. How about you just focus on you getting yourself right? Well, I don't want to hear that, man. It, 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 no. Well, listen, man, you coming to me for help. I'm trying to tell you what to do. Let's get yourself right. How is your relationship with Jesus Christ? How much time do you spend with God? Well, man, you know, uh, I, and I know I remember you going down to the altar because you went down to the altar. And, you know, we know each other from when we've grown up. He went to my home church. So I remember when he went down to the altar. But how much time are you spending with God? No, I, mean, I ain't spending that much time. But that's the issue. I said, do you understand marriage is a, is a, is a, is a, God, is a God-ordained thing? It's not something for unbelievers? I said, the only way this thing can work is if you stay connected to God, if you stay rooted in God. You keep yourself right. That shows God that you're inviting him in and you're submitted under his lordship. You're surrendering. You're taking your hands off. For the, you're not fighting. You're taking the boxing gloves off. And once you take the boxing gloves off, guess what? You're showing God that I'm surrendering. I'm giving my all to this. And then God said, okay, well, I see humility now. I see he don't want to fight no more. I see he don't want control. Then God can come in and move. But it starts with you first. And it starts with us first. If we want anything to change in our life, if we want hope in whatever we're expecting for in our lives, whatever that thing is what we had hope for and, and it fell through the ground because we had our faith in the wrong thing, I've come to tell you today, it's because we don't have our heart surrendered to Jesus Christ. And you surrender everything to Jesus Christ, I promise you, he's not going to fail you. Amen. So we know today that we have to realign our hearts. But while we're doing some realigning, we also have to, we also have to uh, realign our mind as well. You've got to realign your mind. Let's look at the scripture. Verse 3 says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. I'm going to stop right there. It's one thing to, ha to, to put your faith in the wrong thing, and that falls through and you lose hope. But it's another thing just to have a jacked up mindset. We got to change the way we think and view things. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. His, his plan is just to prosper us. He, his plan is always to bring us to expect the end. What you have to do, you have to know that God is not trying to hurt you. We are, we're in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah, we're going through some things, but it's not to hurt us. God is always trying to bring us to an expected end. We have to change the way we view things. We have to change the way we see things. We have to change the way we view suffering. The Bible says suffering produces perseverance. Which means, and the thing is, we don't want to go through nothing. Don't nobody want to go through nothing. As soon as a, a, a trial or tribulation comes in our life, we want to forfeit it. Because we have the wrong perspective about it. We have the wrong mindset about that particular suffering. One of the number, way, number one ways God used things to build hope in us is through the suffering. If you want some hope, you got to go through something. If you don't go through nothing, you're not going to have no hope. It says it right here in the scripture. Suffering produces endurance. Enduring, and, um, suffering produces endurance or perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character hope. The end result is hope. But you got to make it to the end. It's funny how he put hope at the end. You build perseverance or endurance. You build character, then you build hope. That's the last thing you produce. But you have to see it all the way through to the end. How many times have we been in trials and tribulations, circumstances, situations, and we forfeited the blessing, we forfeited the hope, all because we didn't want to see it through to the end? We get an attitude. We get mad at God. We make commitments. Guess what? You're going to make all kinds of commitments in this hour to God. Make the commitment and stick with it. You're going to go through it. Everybody's going through. You're not by yourself. If you're a Christian, guess what? You're going through some suffering. The Bible says that in the end time, the devil comes to wear out the saints. But guess what? At the end of the day, he can do all he do. But guess what? God still has an expected end for us. And you have to have that mindset that no matter what I go through, I know that it's for my good. All things work together for the good to those who love the Lord. 
That's the bottom line. Let's look at James 1, 2 and 4. James says, count it all joy when you go through diverse trials and tribulations, knowing that the testing of your faith work of patience. So let patience have its perfect work so that we may be mature and complete lacking nothing. I believe that there's a shaking that going on. And I believe it's for our good. I believe that the word of God is being uh, manifested. God has something that he has to do before Jesus comes back. The Bible says that he that, that began a good work, he has to complete that good work. And I believe God is trying to complete that good work in us. So he's shaking some things up. He's trying to mature us and complete us. So that we'll be lacking nothing when he returns. That has to happen before he returns. But sometimes we kick against the prick. Because we're not peaceful. We hadn't made peace with God or, or we don't have the peace of God. We kick against the prick and we go against what God is trying to do in our life. Guess what? You're going to lose some jobs. You're going to have some people talk about you. Guess what? You're going to go through some things. All those things are going to happen. But at the end of the day, guess what? God is trying to complete you and mature you at the end of the day. You, you have to have a steady mindset. You have to have a kingdom mindset. There's, there's tunnel vision in this hour. Can't let things move you all outside of the way. It, 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 the, the suffering is good for you. Anytime you go through something, you ought to rejoice. That's why they said they, they, re, they rejoice in the tribulation. They glorify in the tribulation. You know why? Because they know it's for them. It's building things in them. It's building them up. It's maturing them and bringing them to another level in God. So guess what? When you have that mindset, then you can operate with a spirit of thanksgiving. Right. You, begin, you can thank God in all things then. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, for allowing me to have COVID-19. I thank you, Lord God, for those people talking about me on my job. I thank you for everything I've been going through. You know what? Because I know, Lord God, that all things work together for the good to those who love the Lord. And it don't matter what people think about me. It don't matter what people say about me. At the end of the day, it's about me and you, God. And I thank you that, guess what? When I go through this trial and this storm, that you not only see me through this trial and storm, guess what? You're going to have a blessing for it at the end of it as well. So that's the type of God we serve. That not only do he see us through the trial and the storm, at the end of the storm like he did Job, he's going to bless you as well. That's why I love Job. Guess what? Job wasn't never going to lose his life. You know why he wasn't going to lose his life? Because the word of God had already been spoken. You can't take his life. Right. But guess what? Job knew that it was for his good because he said, though he slay me, yet I trust. And that's the type of mindset we have to have. Though he slay me, yet I won't trust him. Guess what? I can't go back on God. I'm going to go through the suffering. If God is allowing me to go through this, guess what? He'll allow me to go through it for a reason. I'm not here to question God. I'm not here to try to figure out what's going on. All I can do is have a surrendered heart. I got my boxing gloves taken off, and I'm just going to go through the flow with God, and I'm going to praise him. I'm going to keep serving, and I'm going to rejoice in the midst of the trial and tribulation because that's what he called us to do. And a lot of times we forfeit it because we don't have that mindset. We become unthankful. We begin to mumble and grumble like the nation of Israel. God was trying to, trying to bless them. The whole thing was to get them to have a faith that produced hope. That's what he was trying to do. It's a reason why when he had Moses lead them into the wilderness, he said when they got hungry, he provided everything. He, if they got hungry, he rained manna down. They got tired of manna, he gave them quail. Then when they got thirsty, he told, told uh, Moses to hit the rock. Water started running out. Guess what? But guess what? He told them not to take nothing, not to store nothing, because he wanted them to have the faith to know that if I provide it for you now, then guess what? What won't I do for you later? I'm going to continue to provide for you. That, that was a faith that was supposed to produce hope in their life, and I believe that they could have experienced and got a whole lot more in the wilderness if they would have had the faith that produced hope. But because they had a heart and heart, guess what? They weren't able to receive it, and the heart and heart leads to hopelessness. And that's what we see the world going to now, hopelessness, because our, our hearts are be becoming hot because we've been putting our faith in the wrong thing. And guess what? We begin to go through trials and tribulations and circumstances and situations because God is trying to mold us. He's trying to get our attention. He's trying to bring us to an expected end. He's trying to show us ourselves so that we can, at the end of the day, be blessed. But we choose to forfeit that every time. 
all because of ignorance of a lack of knowledge and because we just don't know. We, a lot of times we don't know. A lot of times we just don't care. We're just angry. And our hearts are hardened. So that's why it's important. It's important that we make peace with God. It's important that we don't forfeit the suffering. Because when you forfeit the suffering, you forfeit your hope. You forfeit your breakthrough. What, what, what sense does it make to go through all that stuff and then not have nothing at the end of it? It'll make no sense. It'll make no sense at all. We got to continue and be faithful in all things. Continue to serve God. Don't give up on God. Don't leave your mama. Guess what? Sometimes you ain't going to feel like doing it. I tell you, I know. You ain't going to feel like doing it. But guess what? Because you dedicated to God. You sold out for God. Guess what? You're going to get your butt up and you're going to continue to press on towards the mark. So when I implore y'all to come into the household of faith, I'm telling you that because that's out of a spirit of thanksgiving. We've got to be thankful for what we have. It don't matter what we're going through. We're not concerned about the coronavirus. We're not concerned about COVID-19. Yeah, yeah, it was here. But at the end of the day, guess what? We're trying to continue to lift the name of Jesus up. We're trying to continue to glorify God and worship him while we're on this side. We should be going hard for God right now because he's on his way back. And I don't know about y'all, but if you see anything, but this word of God is manifesting itself. And God will be back before you know it. And you don't want to be the one that, that, that could have been stuck, you know, done more for God, but you didn't do more when, when Jesus Christ returned. You want to be like Paul that said, I poured myself out like a drink offering. Pour yourself out in the midst of the suffering. It don't matter what you're going through. You continue to press on towards the mark. You continue to hang in there and you go through the suffering. You have to know that God loves you and he is not there to hurt you. He is not there to harm you. He ain't mad at you. It ain't none of that. He's trying to bring you to an expected end. But none of this matters if we ain't made peace with God. That's the bottom line. So you get your heart right with God. You surrender what you haven't surrendered to him. And once you surrender what you, what you need to surrender to him, guess what? That, that'll help you to realign your mindset. That'll help you to become thankful. You'll be thankful in all things. That's why he tell us that's the will of God, to be thankful in all things. Because you remember, yeah, I've been through that thing. I, I, I remember from my personal self when, 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 when I, every, every week I had a flat tire. And I would doggone run, rolling down. I remember when my car went past emissions. <laughs> I remember when my car went past emissions. And I guess what? I came to church for two years straight. With my tags jacked up. I did. You know why? Because my car wouldn't pass a mission. I was in a bad place. But you know what? I continued to show up. I continued to serve God. And guess what? God blessed me and my family. Well, we wouldn't have to go through that any longer. And I thank God for that. But you have to continue to be consistent in the things of God. You got to be consistent in the suffering. No matter what it is. No matter how it looks. And guess what? It was people who laughed at us. I bet some people say, I wish they'd just gone to some other church, boy. These doggone jokes make us look bad. But, but you know what? It's all good because you ain't, you ain't living for, you living for people to a certain extent because we edify people, but you're living for God. Your, your purpose is for God. I hear, I hear Chris back there saying, period. But that's what it is. Now, we're living for God. I mean, that's what it's about. So when, when, you, when you're living for God, you don't worry about what people say. You continue in the suffering. You continue going through that thing. And guess what? Before you know it, you don't even know you're growing. You don't even know you're developing. You, you don't even know. It just all of a sudden, it, it builds the anointing. And it builds you up. It builds your character. You're building the hope. And you wonder, man, I did, this last thing I went through, you know, uh, you know, it took me a little minute to go through that. But this new thing I'm going through, I got a different perspective about it. it I, I feel it, but it ain't. You know, I don't feel it like I used to feel it because, I, you know, I, it's almost like I'm well equipped for it now. Because the more you go through things and you go through it, you build that character up. You build that perseverance up. You build that hope up where you'll be able to press towards the mark of the high calling. You begin to stand flat-footed no matter what it looks like, no matter the way it feels. You'll be able to stand up and you can go through it consistently. Amen. Finally, let's go to 2 Corinthians 4.16. Second Corinthians 4.16 says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing. And we're going through some perishing right now. Amen. People are going through sickness. They're going through all kinds of things right now. But guess what it says? We will not lose heart. Yet the inward man 
is being renewed day by day. That's what you have to look at. You have to look at the eternal things. You have to look at what's going on. The more you go through, the, the more Paul went through on this earth, guess what? He was being built up inwardly. And that's the same thing with us. The more we go through, it may feel like we're being beat up, but guess what? We're being built up inwardly, and that's what really matters to God. Verse 17 says, for our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding. He said far more. He didn't say a little bit more. He said a far more. A far more exceeding an internal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen. Because, see, we get caught up on that a whole lot. We look at what we're going through. We look at how the situation looks. We get caught up in, 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 in how that car acting up and, 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 and how these bills are piling up and, 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 and how the government acting and all these different things. We can't get caught up on all that stuff. He said, but at the things that are not seen, that's what we have to keep our focus on. We got to have an eternal mindset. For the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. And that's it at the end of the day. We're not living for this side. We're living for heaven. I hear Bishop say it several times. You look at a speck of this carpet, that's the preseason. That's that, that time. This is what we're living right now. But you take all the rest of this carpet in here, that's eternity. And that's what we're living for. Every, every decision you make, guess what? Those who are saved, you're not going to be judged by your sins. You're going to be judged by how you handle the things that were put in your hands. When you faithful over those things, when, 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 it, when judgment time comes. Every decision you make, how you handle those circumstances and situations, how you handle the suffering, uh, how, how you serve God in the midst of trials and tribulations and all that. All that stuff is what produces your eternal things. Yeah, we get the crown when Jesus returns, but guess what? There's far more other things that are being stored up for us the more we stay consistent in the midst of the suffering. Because that's what shows a true soul out heart. Even though in the midst of times of, of struggle and, 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 and the storms, guess what? I can stay consistent in the things of God. I don't have to waver on my faith. If I want hope, I got to continue in my faith. I got to believe God's word and his promises. Then guess what? If, if the word of God said it, guess what? It's going to manifest. And that's what we draw our hope from. We draw our hope from the promises of God. Yeah, this word was written thousands of years ago, but guess what? It's the only thing I know that's been consistently living ever since. There's nothing else that has been consistent like this Bible. And that's why you can't tell me nothing. I'm going to tell you, I done been in several talks and conversations with Jehovah's Witness, Muslim, seven-day Adventist, and everything else. And guess what? Ain't nothing going to shift me from where I'm at because I experienced it for myself. You ain't going to change my mind. You ain't going to change my heart because I know the truth. I done seen this word work for me, and guess what? It don't matter what comes. I know that God is faithful. So I pray on tonight that what, uh, everything that was taught on tonight was a blessing to you. I pray that I've helped you to uh, navigate and to redirect your path to a faith that, 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 be, that brings hope and that this will be a blessing to you for the rest of your life. Eternal Lord God, we just thank you. We just praise you, Lord God. We thank you for your word, Lord God. Thank you that we have hope in you, Lord. We thank you that you're the only consistent thing, Lord God, that we truly have, Lord God. That'll never leave us or forsake us. That'll never fail us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for everything you've allowed us to go through, Lord God, because we know you're building us. We know that suffering produces endurance. And endurance, character, and character, hope. We thank you, Lord God, that you are faithful to your word. That you said that he that begun a good work, that you are faithful enough to complete it, Lord God. So we thank you that you are completing the work in us, Lord God. And to, that you see enough in us, Lord God, to have us here to complete the work in us, Lord God. So we thank you right now, Lord God. We praise your mighty and holy name and we bless you, Lord God. Father God, we pray for every unbeliever right now, Lord God. We pray right now, Lord God. 
that those who have heard the word that are not saved, Lord God, that you will prick their hearts, Lord God, that this word will touch their hearts where they will surrender their lives to you, Lord God, on tonight. That they will know, Lord God, that there's no other thing that can they should have faith in, Lord God, in this earth, Lord God, but you're the only true source. You're the only true anchor, Lord God. And that any time we have something like you, Lord God, that we can put our faith in, we'll never have to worry about losing hope, Lord. So we thank you, Lord God. We praise you on tonight. And we just bless your name. We shout hallelujah, Lord God, for the victory on tonight. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you. Amen.